And we are live. What's up, guys? Welcome to FedEx. Today, we're going to be talking about the diabolical story of Daniel Prince, man. This is going to be a good one, guys. You guys are going to see here why serial killers made it through in the 1970s and not today. Let's get right into it, man. I'm a special agent with Homeland Security Investigations, okay, guys? HSI. The cases that I did mostly were human smuggling and drug trafficking. No one else has these documents, by the way. Here's what FedEx covers. Dr. Lafredo confirmed lacerations due to stepping on glass. Murder investigation. You see him reaching in his jacket. You don't know. And he's positioning. Been on February 13, 2019. You're facing two counts of two Racketeering and Rico conspiracy. Young, young slime life here and after referred to as YSL. The defendants uh, 6 9 and then this is Billy Seiko right here. Now, when they first started, guys, 6 9 ran. I'm a fed. I'm watching this music video. You know, I'm bobbing my head like, hey, this shit lit. But at the same time, I'm pausing. Oh, wait, who this? Right? Oh, who's that in the back? Firearms and violent crimes. AKA, Bush IC violated. You're ordered to stay away from the victim. Bush IC arrested after shooting at King of Diamonds, Miami Strip Club, injured one this person. Is the, this is the one that, that's going to fuck him up because this gun is not traceable. Well, it happened at the gun range. Here's your boy, 42 Doug, right here on the left. Okay. Sex trafficking and sex crimes. They can effectively link him to paying an underage girl. And the first bomb went off right here. Inspired by Al Qaeda. Two terrorists, brothers, the Zokar Sarnev and Tamer Lynn Sarnev. When the cartel shipped drugs into the country. As this guy got arrested for um, espionage, okay, trading secrets with the Russians for monetary compensation. The largest corrupt police bust in New Orleans history. So he was in this bad boy. We're gonna go over his past, the gang ties, so that this all makes sense. All right, we're back. What's up, guys? Welcome to Fed It. Um, today we've got a special episode. Uh, this one is going to be from a different YouTube channel, a little bit of a different approach. But before I get into that, guys, I got a special guest in the house. You guys know her. Welcome Hello. back. I'm back. Yes. <laughs> So again, my name is Angie, Angelica, but Angie for short. And I know you guys have been saying that I have a broken English and all that stuff. Yeah, I'll try terrible. to keep it better the, this time. But yes, as you guys guessed, uh, English is my second language. So that's why it's so broken and it's so bad. So sorry for you. The, <laughs> you want to tell them what part of Venezuela you're from? I'm from Maracaibo. The hot city, or no city, some people will call it. It's the hottest city that I think you'll find in the Caribbean. So, yes, I'm from there. That's there my you home. go. Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, guys. Uh, <laughs> so, today we got something a little bit different for you guys. I'm going to uh, share a screen with you guys here in a second so you see what we're working with. Um, <clears throat> this is an interesting one, this case right here. As a matter of fact, because we had watched this one, uh, me and Angie watched this one, and we're like, whoa, we should probably do this for um for the audience because this one's going to be actually really interesting mm -hmm. it's a little bit different because it's basically a serial killer guys in today's day and age yeah it's pretty recent yes yeah, so this is from the youtube channel beyond evil here i'm gonna actually subscribe show them some love this has this channel has some pretty good content man um but it's called the diabolical story of daniel prince all right man so without further ado guys we're gonna get right into this bad boy start breaking it down um you have anything you want to say before we get into this angie no, not really. Um, I wasn't much that into into this case because it's so recent, but it's, I mean, it's quite interesting too. So it's going to what? It's quite interesting. Oh, too. Okay, okay. Yeah, her English is trash. I know, guys. <laughs> I, I don't even understand her sometimes. But 
Uh, but yeah, anyway. I'm trying my best, though. Yeah, she's trying. She's trying. Uh, so yeah, guys, we're going to go ahead and play this documentary for y'all and uh, get right into it, man. I, there were some good uh, takeaways from this thing. Uh, I'll tell you guys here in a second, but it brought me down memory lane with some of the stuff. The middle-aged man seems to be concerned with the appearance of his vehicle. It's just a man parking his SUV in the lot of a small-town motel. Nothing out of the ordinary. The middle-aged man seems to be concerned with the appearance of his vehicle, taking extra care to polish it a bit here and there. He certainly doesn't seem to have a care in the world as he walks away. That's actually quite amazing, since the man, Daniel Prince, of Bostick, North Carolina, had just brutally murdered an 80-year-old woman less than an hour before. No one who would have seen him walking down the street to another nearby parking lot would have any idea that a serial killer was casually moving among them, satisfied with his kill, and enjoying a warm, sunny day in South Carolina. No one would have suspected that he was on his way to put that woman's body in a shallow grave in the mountains of North Carolina. This was at least his fourth kill, and thanks to some carelessness on his part, it would be his last. Come with us as we look into the diabolical case of serial killer Daniel Prince. If you tell him to turn that off, I will talk to you a little more freely. Before we begin, we would like to extend our deepest sympathies to the loved ones of Edna Suttles and the other victims discovered in this devastating case. This is a crazy case, guys. Um, you're going to see a lot of interesting tidbits here uh, that if serial killers of, to, uh, of you know, before, you know, the Ted Bundys, the Zodiacs, etc., if those guys had committed the crimes they committed in today's day and age, they probably would have got caught. And this guy definitely Easily, yeah. fell victim to this. <laughs> so one question. Um, yeah. To be a serial killer is after one death? Like it has to be... Uh, how many? Uh, how many? That's kills? good. That's a good question. Uh, I think the way they define it actually is three kills that are done in uh, succession that have a similar trait. You know, what? let's actually look, look this up, up real fast, um, because there's different definitions based on. Um, yeah, what qualifies you for? Yeah, uh, to so be it says here, thing. right? I'm I'm looking at it right now. Let me pull this on the screen for y'all if I can. Uh, hold on. Oh no, my bad, guys. Give me one second. It's uh. The way that this share screen is, it's very, okay, we're going to just go screen to, bam, allow. Okay, so a serial killer is a is typically a person who murders three or more persons okay, with the murders so taking three. place over time, uh, over more than a month, and including a significant period of time between them, while most authorities set a threshold of three murders, other extend it to four or lessen it to two. See, so there's different definitions. And then psychological gratification is the usual motive for serial killing, and many serial murders involve sexual contact with the victim. The FBI states that uh, the motives of serial killers can include anger, thrill-seeking, financial gain, and attention-seeking and killings may be executed as such. The victims may have something in common. For example, demographic profile, appearance, gender, or race. Often the FBI will focus on a particular pattern. Uh, serial killers follow based on this pattern. This will give key clues into finding the killer along their motives. So, one thing I will say, right, that is pretty universal amongst, like, the most popular serial killers is that um, there's no rhyme or reason why they pick their victims. Typically, the, their victim, what I mean by that is they pick their victim based on, you know, the way they look or where they live or maybe they fit a certain type of mold that they like. 
but there's no real like Pate. motive as far as like I hate this person, I'm killing them. You know, it's not right. like a crime of passion or something like that. Typically, they fit some kind of mold, and the serial killer attacks them. Right? There's some serial killers that had a very specific look and want that they wanted. Right? Ted Bundy, for example, attacked women that had dark hair that were young between the ages of 18 and they were in the university to mid 20 in university but he did attack a younger girl that was 13 one time right and they actually got oh, ended yeah. up getting him the death penalty uh oh, john wayne gacy attacked young men between 15 to 20 jeffrey dahmer exactly homosexual men mm -hmm. uh uh that were most of them were african-american or minorities so um you know it it is what it is. And then you got some serial killers like Richard Ramirez who attacked everybody. He didn't yeah. care. Men, women, children. He didn't give a shit. Race, he didn't care. And he killed them in different ways. So I think um, the, the the best way to, I guess, identify a serial killer is they kill and they don't really have a real motive to kill besides the fact that the victim matches some kind of link, that it matches some kind of, uh, how do I say this, look or demographic that they're looking for. What do you think? Yeah. Well, yeah. sometimes they have a pattern like Ted Bundy that will have, uh, you know, these people say and there are studies. You call him that Ted Bundy? Ted Bundy, yeah. <laughs> but. All right, go ahead. How do you say it? Nothing. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, you know, there are some studies that say that um, serial killers sometimes have like, um, I don't know how you say it, like sign, they sign and they have like a, like a Oh, pattern. yeah, like a signature way they kill people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 for exactly. sure. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's a uh, back then that was like a strong way to know um you know, like to identify the serial killer. Yeah. No, of course. Uh, like yeah, the way they do it, uh like the Green River killer, right? He killed a bunch of prostitutes. Um uh what was the Sometimes other guy? Sometimes they will leave like clues. Yes. You know, um yeah, yeah, like the Zodiac used to leave, you know, um letters and stuff. Yeah. So Everybody has different uh, ways that they do it. But I think the biggest thing is serial killer basically murders three or more persons, sometimes even two, um, with some time in between. And typically the motive, right, uh, the psychological gratification is the motive for the serial killing. I think that's a big one, that, that, that the motive is more along the signs of them getting some type of gratification versus attacking the victim because they did something to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, all right, let's go ahead and get into this with uh, Daniel Prince. The date was August 27th, 2021, in the small town of Traveler's Rest, near the border between North and South Carolina. A scenic rural area in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, this Greenville County, South Carolina location is a quiet, out-of-the-way place, and it made a perfect hunting ground for 59-year-old Daniel Prince. Prince, working as a handyman, had been employed by Edna Suttles to do some work on her home. A repair or two here or there, and a relationship between them developed, a friendship that brought Prince into her realm of trust. An 80-year-old retired businesswoman and the owner of A1 Freedom Bail Bonding, Edna was a fixture in the community, vibrant and active. She took care to check up on and assist a number of elderly people in her community as well. On this very morning, she was scheduled to sit with a homebound friend, a friend whose family was counting on her that day. Edna left her home that morning but never showed up at her intended destination. Greenville County 911, what's the location of your emergency? 
the thing is, a sitter was supposed to show up to see with my mom today, and she's in her 80s, and she didn't show up. We've come to her house, and we can't get nobody to the door or anything. Her name is Edna Buttle. It's not like her. She shows up like clockwork. So something's wrong. In almost all jurisdictions, there's an unspoken rule that a competent adult is generally not considered missing until they've been out of contact for at least 24 hours. Very recently, however, the Greenville County Sheriff's Office had decided to change that policy. Initially, from a Sheriff's Office standpoint, our missing persons were reported by phone. We would take a report by phone. Uh, the Suttles case, we changed some things here, uh, and the Suttles case was kind of in time with that, if you will, where we were going to respond to every missing person. Uh, usually it was, you know, there had to be some extenuating circumstances, some type of medical issue. Members of the sheriff's office were dispatched to make a wellness check on Suttles, but could get. And that's good because normally guys, when they get a missing person, you know, they wait a, a day or two or a couple of days. And the fact that they went ahead and, you know, followed up right away was was really good police work on their end. But no answer at the door of her home. After obtaining a warrant, they entered the property. Inside, they did not find her, any evidence of foul play, or any clues as to her whereabouts. Her vehicle was not at the residence. That vehicle, a champagne-colored Jeep Grand Cherokee, would prove to be the starting point of suspicions that something terrible may have befallen the woman. Miss Suttles was a pretty well-known in the northern part of this county. Uh, she was a bail bonding agent. Yeah. She was a tough lady, street smart, uh, had, a, had a great reputation here in our area. Uh, she was certainly nobody's fool. Edna was gone. The police put out alerts through all the local media. They described her vehicle, gave its license. And I'm reading an affidavit here on the side, guys, and it's saying that she was 80 years old, man. Look at this. This is, the, this is actually the affidavit right here from the FBI. This ended up becoming a federal case, guys. But you guys can see right here. Suttles, an 80-year-old resident of Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, was reported missing on August 28, 2021. So uh, we'll go through this affidavit as well uh, in, in more detail, but uh, let's keep going with the doc documentary. ...plate number and warned that she could be in need of immediate medical attention. They could not have known that Edna had already been killed and taken across a nearby state line. It was seven days before the Jeep was found by an officer of a local police department on September 3rd in the parking lot of the Best Western Hotel in the town of Traveler's Rest. The Jeep had been backed into a parking space, concealing the license plate from anyone just driving through the lot. After determining that Edna had not checked into the hotel, members of the Greenville County Sheriff's Office scanned the hotel security footage for the day of the disappearance. They found what they were looking for. Footage of the Jeep being driven into the parking lot, and the person who got out was definitely not Edna Suttles. You see, never a man got out of. Look at that! Surveillance cameras already showing it. <laughs> L. The car, and then began to wipe it down, paying particular attention to the inside of the front seat passenger's door, and then the door frame and quarter panels. He left, and then came back quickly to give it one more wipe down and then he walked away, leaving the property. Any number of missing persons cases turn out to have nothing sinister about them. Some are just a person taking a short trip without telling anyone. Sometimes it can come from a mental health crisis. Sometimes just a romantic rendezvous that ran a little long. 
At this moment, though, investigators realized that any pretense of Suttles willfully being out of touch with those that she knew was probably gone. This missing persons case had taken a serious and unsettling turn. Investigators now had to determine who the mysterious man was and what happened prior to the 1.46 p.m. timestamp on the security video. There were hours still unaccounted for from that morning when Suttles presumably left her home to visit and sit with a friend. In this day and age, security cameras are nearly everywhere, and investigators began searching for the pieces of the puzzle that was unfolding before them. Now, with a date and time to work backwards from, it was a matter of finding the footage and canvassing locations in the small town until they could pick up a trail. Working easy. diligently, law enforcement... What was that? It's too easy. It's too yeah. easy to find Yeah, with the cameras. Look, yeah, man. Look at this, man. CCTV uh, cameras, man. ...was able to piece together video from around the area that gave a timeline for the day's events. At 9.22 a.m. on the morning of August 27, 2021, a security camera video shows a Chevrolet cruise pull into the parking lot at a Food Lion supermarket in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. Just eight minutes later, at 9.30 a.m., Edna Suttles drives away from her home in her champagne-colored Jeep Grand Cherokee. Security camera footage from a nearby antique store showed the time of departure and initial direction of travel. At 9.38 a.m., a man matching the appearance of the individual spotted leaving her Jeep at the Best Western purchases a pack of strawberry yogurt cup. Clear as day, man. Gotcha, bitch! Yeah. At Food Lion. The man uses the store rewards card, and investigators now had his name, identifying him as Daniel Prince. Gotcha, bitch! A minute later, Edna Suttles pulls into the grocery store parking lot and parks her vehicle near Prince's. Footage shows Prince holding a grocery bag and gesturing to Suttles. He then goes to his own car and retrieves a small bag. He gets into the front passenger seat of Suttles' Jeep. Minutes later, the Jeep leaves the parking lot with the pair inside. Four hours passed before there was any more video evidence. Then, at 1.43 p.m., Suttles' Jeep is seen driving away from her residence back in the direction of the Food Lion supermarket. Minutes later, at 2.02 p.m., the Jeep pulls into a different part of the parking lot than before. Prince is shown exiting the Jeep from the driver's side door and walking across the parking lot to the Chevy Cruze he had arrived in. Prince then moves his Cruze alongside the Jeep in the parking lot, front passenger door to front passenger door. He gets out. Oh, that's Got already suspicious. There you go. What'd you say? Got a bitch. You yeah. Should, you should press the button and right moves now. something from one vehicle to the other. A closer analysis shows that it is a person with the starkly blonde hair of Suttles. Gotcha, bitch! Prince <laughs> then drives Suttles' Jeep away, and the blonde-haired person is left unmoving inside of Prince's car. Five minutes later, Prince parks the car at the Best Western parking lot, wipes it down, and walks back in the direction of the Food Lion parking lot. At 2.14 p.m., Prince gets back into his Chevy Cruze with the unmoving Suttles and drives away. The trail of video evidence goes cold from there, but Prince's purchase led right to his door. The rewards card information provided an address in Bostick, North Carolina, about 70 miles away in the rural area of Rutherford County, North Carolina. So, who was this man, Daniel Glenn Prince? 
And that right there, my friends, is how the feds got involved. I explained to you guys before, typically whenever you do a crime and it affects interstate commerce, like you're traveling interstate to commit a crime, bam, now you've just invited the feds to get involved in the investigation because um, by you traveling interstate, you're affecting interstate commerce. Now the feds can come in. Bam. Now this is where the FBI comes in, ATF comes in, et cetera. Typically for kidnapping cases like this, it would be the, the FBI, um, which we're going to go through that a little bit here in a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, but if had he just done this crime in South Carolina, it would have been uh, a state case. What connection could he have with Edna and how did he come to meet with her on that fateful day? A native of Michigan, Prince had moved to the North Carolina mountains a few years before, making his home in one of the many hollers in Rutherford County. It's a friendly place, but one where a person who might want privacy is apt to find plenty of it. Prince and his wife, KK, settled in and he began working as a handyman, often for elderly single or widowed ladies. He had a knack for the work and also for developing relationship with those women, gaining their trust and befriending them. This is very common, guys, with serial killers and murderers. They get your trust, and then they, uh, and you know, then they betray that down the road. This is how Ted Bundy did it. This is how John Wayne Gacy did it with his Jeffrey victims. Dahmer Jeffrey did Dahmer did this. A lot of the, you know, top serial killers from back in the day, they would do this. Smooth talkers, etc. Prince, however, harbored a troubled past, one that he didn't bring up. As a youth, he had joined the military to get away from a life that was leading him down the wrong path. The stint in the military was short-lived, as was his avoidance of a life of crime. His criminal record showed charges of assault and battery, as well as firearms violations. Most disturbing was his conviction in Michigan in 1997 for kidnapping a woman. He oh, was hold on. sentenced to 13 to 30 years in prison for the crime and served 12 years of that sentence before being paroled. His parole was terminated two years later, and he moved out of the state not long after that before ending up in North Carolina. Detectives now had not just videos. And, and I think that's another reason why this case ended up going federal, guys. You don't get parole with the feds. You know, that's only a state thing. And a lot of times you get out early for good behavior. So that's what ends up happening. A lot of times state cases or state jails get overcrowded, state penitentiaries get overcrowded, so they let you out on good behavior. And a timeline. But they had the name of a man with a history of... Boy, the feds are doing at least 80% of your time. ...kidnapping. Quickly, the Greenville County Sheriff's Department contacted their counterparts in the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department just across the state line. Probable cause for auto theft had been established at the very least, and a warrant to arrest Prince and search his property was quickly granted. The Rutherford County Sheriff was more than willing to assist in serving that warrant. Prince surrendered with remarkable calm to the large number of heavily armed officers who had arrived at his property. Totally cooperating. Just relax. Can I do anything? Can I cooperate? Can we guys stand up on your feet? Stay right there. What are you going to do? Sir, I would be very cooperative. Let's go down, Prince was quickly taken into custody and on to the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department, where he was initially interviewed. It was obvious from the beginning that Prince wanted to run the interview and control the narrative. He was arrogant. This is very common, guys, with crooks that think that, you know, this goes to their delusion a lot of times. A lot of crooks are delusional and think, oh, I'm going to get away with this, and they just deny it to the end. Even when confronted with evidence, which you guys are going to see here in a second. And seemed unfazed by what was happening. So, investigators let him talk. 
I'll talk to you about August 27th, 2021 of this year. What day of the week was that? Oh, it was a Friday. Okay. Which, which, where are you on that day? What's your typical Fridays like? Some Fridays I go do jobs. Some Fridays I stay home. Some Fridays I go look at jobs. I do all okay. sorts of things. Days run together for me because I don't have a set schedule. Fair enough. Whereas the jobs come, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So specifically the 27th. Mm-hmm. What, two weeks ago? Do you remember where you were at? Not specifically. Where do you think you were at? I've been going all over the place. I've been back and forth to Charlotte. I've been down to South Carolina. Yeah. Like, where's your jobs in South Carolina taking you? Um, actually, I was down to Traveler's Rest, but I don't know if it was Friday or Thursday. I know I've been there earlier that week. Okay. But you don't remember which day specifically? No, it was either Thursday or Friday. What kind of job were you working on? I wasn't. You wasn't? I wasn't. This lady had talked to me several times. I've been down to her house two or three times. We kind of got to be friends. This woman has so many damn problems, mostly her daughter. Yeah. And what she did. Oh, look, it's about to be story time. And and this is what um what the detectives are doing here, guys, is they're locking him into a story. And the reason why this is important is because they know he's full of crap. So they just want him to go ahead and talk, get him flapping his lips, get a little bit more comfortable, and then lock him into some kind of store so that they can go ahead and charge him, right? Or excuse me, um, confront him with the inconsistencies from their investigation. Remember, guys, he doesn't know what they have at this point. They have CCTV footage. They got some cell phone information, etc. So they're going to confront him with it and see what happens. I want to say something about you. I just said earlier yeah, about the aspects of, of the personality of people like this. So... Uh, basically, psychopaths tend to have this tendency of um, having this um, conduct, behavior. So they tend to be very manipulative and also very charming. So the majority of... Uh, charming? Yeah. Charming. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> I they, tend to be, they, they tend to be like very charming. Like they, they pull off their charms. That's why... That's why they go ahead and be like also secure of themselves or confident in the in the interviews like this. Good point. Because you know, they have you know, they have the charms and they are confident and they are <laughs> they, they have the personality because they're so secure of themselves and so confident that I don't know, it's it's kind of like an aspect that all psych, uh, psychopaths have in common. I don't know the background, the psychological background of this guy, but um You wouldn't be surprised if he's a psychopath. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, let's get back into it. Watch, watch his uh, behaviors during this interview, guys. That is, she had me looking at um, ductwork mm-hmm. that she wanted done because somebody had done ductwork for her and she was suing them oh, because wow. they didn't do all the ductwork or yeah. something. She would call me and have me come down there. Okay. And she was constantly having problems. She said she needed to have money at one point in time to help her daughter because her daughter was in jail. Then she needed money another time because, um, what was it the next time? She was hiring a private investigator. And if you guys notice, he looked down as he was thinking about it, right? And we did an interview with, uh, see right here, you can see his head going down. Um, we did an interview with Andrew Bustamante from a uh, former CIA officer, and he talked about how when people are lying, a lot of times they'll look down because when you're looking down, you're getting into your creative space. And we all know if you're telling the truth, you shouldn't be getting creative. It should be the truth. Okay. 
versus when people are looking up like this, it means they're being more truthful because they're like, all right, I'm trying to recall and give you all the real facts of what happened. So notice how he's looking down here like this because he's trying to think, okay, how am I going to give a lie that I'll be able to stand by later on when these detectives end up confronting me with these with this story? Because he knows it's coming. This guy's been through the system before. He ain't stupid. She was hiring a private investigator because her son-in-law was, she talked to me all kinds of stuff about it. We got to be pretty good friends about stuff like okay. that. But she kept seeing- So now he's adding a private investigator into this situation. Like she was blowing me off when I actually doing any work for her. She wanted me, she was going to have a guy come out and wash her house. And I said, well, if I'm coming down here to look at other stuff, I got a power washer. I can wash your house and clean out your eaves for a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. She was going to have me do it. Pack my power washer up. Went down there. Never did the work. Because she's, I don't have the money right now. I got to sell a bunch of jewelry. I got to sell a bunch of stuff to go ahead and get more money for a private investigator. Then she wanted a different private investigator because she didn't like the one she had. So it was like one excuse after the other. How'd you meet her initially? Years ago. Okay. Years ago, it was somebody giving me her name or number or her my name and number. I get passed around a lot. Okay. So it was a years ago thing. That's pretty awesome. Your name made all the way down to Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. That's good reputation. Yeah. Solid work. All right. So, so why what, are we? What you're telling us is. And now you guys can see the detective has the pictures. <laughs> He's ready to go, man. He's like, okay, guys. It's so bro. funny how confident he is. Yep. Like, look how he's sitting. Yep. Bumbaka! <laughs> That's not you on the 27th. Food line parking lot, Traveler's Rest. That's not you. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a clear picture from him in the supermarket, guys. That? Food line, August 27th, 2021, 923. Okay. 32 seconds. Bring a bell? Yep. Yeah. yeah, I went down to food line. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so what were you doing down there that day? Um, She wanted me to look at some stuff in her house. Okay. And she picked me up at Food Lion because she wanted me with her when she was um, going to go meet some guy for us, for um, God damn it. private investigator. Okay. Yeah, tell us about that. She, that damn private investigator keeps coming up, doesn't he? Wanted me to meet her down there. Okay. She was nervous because she says, I'm not sure I trust this guy. And she knows I've been in the military. And she says, Will you meet me? And I go, Yeah. And I said, Where do you want to meet? She says, Well, he's been talking to me. I guess I'm supposed to meet him at a restaurant. And um, I'm supposed to meet him down near Food Lion. Okay. So I went down to Food Lion and she met me. And mm. he didn't show up where we went to next. And she would been trying to get a hold of him. And we went. Notice how he doesn't, he's not going into detail. Oh, where we went to next. What did you say where you went? Like, what? Like, bro, this story. Went to her house for about two hours. And then we went back to Food Lion. And. It just, yeah, she just dropped you off and you went home and you just noticed something about PI. Well, she wanted me to see if this guy was going to meet her 
where he was supposed to meet her. Do you know where? There was a hotel lobby that he had finally said, meet me at the hotel. Okay. She says, drive up there and see if he's there. And I drove up there and things are starting to sound really squirrely to me. Notice how he keeps saying, and, and then he's like manufacturing a story. Like you could tell this guy's BSing all over the place. And she finally said, just drop me off. So by this moment, the, the policemen already know that he killed this woman, right? More than likely, they're probably suspecting that. Yeah. Okay. Off at home. And if you drop me off at home, my daughter will pick me up. Because they arrested him on the 9th. This woman's been missing since the 27th. So, you know, at that point, the yeah. likelihood is extremely high that the woman has been, uh, the person's not alive. After the first 48 hours, the chances of solving a murder go down precipitously. I said, because I got to get going. I can't. We're finding the person alive for that matter as well. I've been doing this all day. So that's y'all uh, coming down 25, you and her together. Back, back towards the hotel. It could be. Up. Gotcha, bitch. Because that's her car. That's about 1345 on the 27th. Okay. So that's, so you're with her there? Yeah. Okay. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying yeah. that could be here. Yeah, it's a different angle, but I mean, you know, we... Yeah, now he's saying, I guess, because he sees what's happening here. Watch this car, right? Okay. Here's y'all in the uh, hotel parking lot. Okay. Yeah. Oh, look. There's y'all, y'all backing in. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of different copies of it backing in. Back and notice how he, the detective is saying, y'all are backing in, just to kind of lock him into saying, yeah, yeah, it was us. Yeah, it was us. Let's see what happens next. Backing in. Yeah. Oh, look. You get out. Nobody else gets out. Oh, man. Here we go. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> You're walking around the car. Yeah. You wipe the entire car down. Because I was worried. You were worried. Oh, it's, it's starting to look crazy right now. Yay! You were worried, huh? Worried. There's you walking across the parking lot in front of Little Caesars. Mm -hmm. And there's you getting back into your car and driving away. Oh, she's with me. Look, man. <laughs> I can't tell you guys how many times I've done this when I was an agent where I show them the pictures and I'm like, listen, motherfucker, I already know what the deal is. All right. And you, you, you catch them in a bunch of lies and then you just confront them, which you guys can see here from the from the detectives body language here. Now he's leaning in, has his hands folded. Right. Intertape pose like, listen, bro, I know what time it is. I know what's going on here. You've been lying to me this whole time. I locked you in a story. It doesn't make sense. We know that you're up yeah. to some BS. It's confrontation time. Now. Yep. Now it's confrontation time, which, uh, you know, the detective did a really good job of locking him into some BS story, which he fell into hook, line, and sinker because he didn't know that they had CCTV footage. And then, bam, now he's going to start hitting him with the facts. Where's that? We need to know. And I, listen, Dan, mm -hmm. okay? You are a good dude. I honestly do believe that, that you screwed up years and years ago all right now he's minimizing his past behaviors to make him feel a little bit better about potentially confessing to this okay and now can i look at these what i just want to look and see what you're talking about let's, let's... Look, look at this uh, yeah let me look at this one yeah. more time oh, uh yes. 
you know, let me see. Uh, I know I killed this woman and all, but let me let me take the look at these pictures again, buddy. You're not a bad guy, right? Nobody is saying that you're some evil, twisted dude. Mm -hmm. Okay. Where's right now? Her family is desperately looking for her. She's missing right now. Yes, Dan, where is it? Yeah, why the hell do you think they're talking to you, bro? I don't have a clue. Yes, I dropped her off at her house. Dan, Dan, please listen. You did not drop her off at her house. We have followed that car the entire day, up and down 25. Mm -hmm. There's a number of minutes that are unaccounted for that are not by her house. Okay? Which car? Mine or hers? Dan, stop playing games. You know what? When I got okay, I can help you here. Okay, yeah, give me a second. You gotta let me answer the questions when they're asked. When I dropped her vehicle off, looking for the guy, she said she wanted me to take her and drive around in my vehicle. So I left her vehicle. I went down to Food Lion, and she was in my vehicle with me. And I dropped her. Off oh, really? Okay. Off at home. Damn, I watched the video. She is not. The yeah. car sits there. It sits there, man. No, no, not in her car. Never. My car. We watched you go off off the of my car. You did not drop anyone. Dropped her off in your car. What? Bro. What? No. You took. What the fuck? Her car. Stop the cap. Yeah, man. Like, what's going Stop on? Stop the cap. <laughs> off, man. I picked her back up. She yeah. sat in my car at food line, and I went back and got her. No, you did not. When are you trying to say? Please explain. Explain yourself. Please explain at which point that we must have missed in the video that you dropped her off. Why your that your vehicle never went back to her house? We have your vehicle, that silver car, going straight up 25 and not stopping at her house. That's not true. It is true. I yeah. stopped at her house. What's your wife going to think about this? Well, my wife would be very upset if I had done something, but I didn't. And I don't know where Edna is. I think you do, Dan. No. I don't know where Edna is. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Damn. And you guys could look at it in his face. He's like, man, these guys got me. Let's go back to why you wiped the car down. What, what you said you were worried about what? The only thing I did was because I knew I'd been in and out of her car all the time with her. I'm like, there is no way in hell I'm going to just leave this thing here because she's got somebody that's after her. It's not making sense. Of, it's, I mean, you're the last person to be in a vehicle you wipe down of a, of a lady that's missing. That sounds really fucked up. It does. It does. That's why we. Sometimes you have to say it out to them out loud for them to realize how messed up it is. And he's like, yeah. oh, you know what? That is kind of yes. sound messed up. <laughs> Uh, maybe I shouldn't have said I was worried earlier. But and then it's, it's fucked up as it sounds. We're having to do it right. We're going to do it right. until. But we got guys down there now that are homing in about where we think she might be. His story rambled, and it didn't really add up, but the holes weren't big enough to catch him just yet. As the interrogation went on, deputies were still at work searching his property. The officers there found a formidable arsenal, including two AR-15 variants and up to 20 handguns, plus a large stockpile of ammunition. The serial numbers on both the AR-15s had been removed. 
Chapter 44 of Title 18 of the United States Federal Code. Oh, here we go. That's an L for you, my friend. <laughs> Fed time. Ends convicted felons from owning firearms, and here he was with many of them in his possession. The removal of serial numbers is also illegal, building even more trouble for the man. The firearms violations immediately upgraded this investigation to the federal level, meaning that Prince could be held longer as the investigation continued. As the search of Prince's house continued, more damning... Now, I've talked about this before, but I'll tell you guys real quick. Typically, states always have a felon in possession uh, statute for when it comes to firearms, but the federal one typically carries more time, and it's harder to bond them out. So uh, I think the ATF actually ended up coming in and charging him for this, and the FBI got involved as well. Evidence turned up, but not evidence dealing directly with the disappearance of Edna Suttles. This evidence would end up bringing down a serial killer who had lived unnoticed by the surrounding community for years and whose crimes were unknown even to the wife he shared his home with. Deputies discovered among his possessions the driver's license and passport of Nancy Rigo, age 66, a woman from nearby Charlotte, North Carolina. Rigo, a widow, had been missing since 2017 and had only made sporadic email and text contacts with her family members since that time. Rigo, or the person who may have been posing as her online, always refused to meet directly with family members when asked. The same family members would verify that Rigo... Red flag. Doesn't want to meet with family, huh? Rigo and Prince were supposed to be in a relationship during this time. Her wallet was also found among his possessions, along with financial records that indicated Prince's address was now hers. Prince was also found to have Rigo's bank card in his wallet. It's not hard to see the possibility that Rigo was dead and that Prince had been using her money rose to the suspicions of law enforcement. Oh, boy. A separate search warrant had been issued now to look for additional information on Rigo while the search for Suttles continued. The search allowed for the seizure of the aforementioned items, plus a purse that had belonged to Rigo's mother, Dolores Sellers Gore, who had passed away in 2017 from what had been called natural causes at the time. Prescription bottles with Rigo's name on them were also found, ones for cyclobenzaprine, Tramadol and lorazepam, all filled in 2017. A black bag was found with more sinister contents. That bag contained zip ties, a taser device, lubricant, and crushed pills in a bag labeled Ativan, the brand name for lorazepam, a strong sedative that can be used to slow breathing and even cause death when combined with alcohol or some other substances. In custody, Prince was playing for time and maintaining his innocence when it came to Suttles' disappearance. On October 9th, as Prince sat in jail, his time ran out. Prince's wife decided it was time to leave and began efforts to put the home and surrounding property on the market. She enlisted a couple of friends to help with cleaning up the property and wrangling together a few chickens and other domesticated birds that were living on the property. One of those friends, while walking along the outer edges of the property, spied a large white bee box deep in the woods at the very corner of the land. Oh, boy. Oh boy. KK go. Prince had been unaware of its existence and the contents that her friend found within. 
she quickly called law enforcement to search the box. After obtaining another search warrant, deputies from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department found Suttles' purse, Jeep keys, rope, zip ties, and a variety of other small items belonging to her. Oh, man. So oh, shit! Oh, shit! Oh, and here we go. A single opened cup of yogurt of the same type and flavor that Prince had purchased on that fateful day was also inside the box. Holy, bro. What is going on? Gotcha, bitch. My man out here killing old women and eating yogurt. <laughs> the yogurt serial killer. The Yo Play serial killer. <laughs> oh, my God. Nearby was a vehicle's back floorboard panel, a black plastic bag, and a tarp. The floor panel would match one missing in Prince's other vehicle, a vehicle that had been taken in for repairs right after Suttle's disappearance. The repair shop verified that among the repairs was a request to replace that cargo compartment panel matching the one that was found in the woods. The trash bag also found at the scene included some personal items, possibly belonging to Suttles, such as jewelry, a bracelet, and a pair of shoes. The items were sent off for testing to the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division's Forensic Services Laboratory, and the yogurt container came back showing signs that drugs had been mixed with the yogurt. Those uh, the same drugs. Here we go. Yes. Traces of drugs included cyclobenzaprine, tramadol, and lorazepam. Holy. Gotcha, bitch. The same pill bottles of Nancy Rigo that were found in Prince's home. Realizing that a piece of linchpin evidence had been found, law enforcement brought in a cadaver dog to search the property on October the 10th. While the dog and cadaver dogs, guys, are used to detect the scent of deceased uh, bodies of corpses or drugs of human beings and drugs as well. Not find Suttle's body at the site, it did alert officers that it detected the scent of human remains at the same location where the panel, trash bag, and tarp had been found. The body had not been located, but officers moved with a certainty that they had evidence of Suttle's murder. Sitting in jail, Prince so far held fast to his story through two interviews. He had admitted to knowing Suttle's and having to come to Traveler's Rest to visit her a number of times before. He first maintained that on the day of her disappearance, he had met up with her, driven back with her to her home to discuss. And that's important, guys, because it establishes that they actually did meet and he knows who she is, which obviously, even if he lied about that, they got on video surveillance. So it's very hard to refute that. Some matters about a private investigator that had been hired to look into her daughter's upcoming divorce. He then returned to the Best Western parking lot alone in her Jeep to retrieve his own vehicle and go home. He explained that he wiped down the vehicle to keep himself out of the private investigator's efforts. He stood pat on this explanation, thinking no connections had been found that would upend his story. Now, however, armed with new evidence, law enforcement agents began a third custodial interview with the man. It became quickly evident that Prince knew he was caught, and he moved quickly to control the narrative and as much of the outcome as he could. There are things that have to happen, and there are things that are going to happen, and I'm a realist, and I have acceptance with this. I would like a little bit of control in how they happen.
And this is very big guys with serial killers. They love to have control over their victims and their situations. And a lot of them get, uh, you know, sexual gratification from this. So even him in the face of losing all control and losing basically the future of his life, he still wants some semblance of control and how he, you know, gives this information. That's the thing with psychopaths too. Yeah. A need for dominance, right? Mm-hmm. If you tell them to turn that off, I will talk to you a little more freely. For almost an hour, Prince confessed to law enforcement, stating that he needed to fully disclose his sins. He said that he knew he was looking at life imprisonment at best, and he quickly made a deal to ensure that he would not see the death penalty handed down to him. As part of the deal, he wanted to inform them of things that were not on law enforcement's radar and that he would come clean when his attorney was present. Most importantly, he told the officers where they could find Suttle's body. In May of 2022, Prince led law enforcement officers to a piece of ground on a nearby property where they found her body buried but still identifiable. Still, in the custodial interview, he went on to explain that he had been involved in the deaths of Dolores Sellers, Nancy Rigo, and Lee Goodman. He had confessed to multiple murders. A serial killer had been uncovered. In the matter of the deaths of Dolores Sellers and Nancy Rigo, he claimed that he had hypothetically assisted euthanizing the elderly Sellers hinting that Rigo hypothetically this guy Rigo had been a part of the process he intimated that Rigo later was bothered greatly by what had happened and had threatened to tell the police Rigo then became his next victim he disposed of her body did not tell anyone and used a power of attorney that she had given him to have her social security checks routed to his residence holy so this guy bombocat Seller's death, originally attributed to natural causes, was reinvestigated and then declared a homicide. The third victim, Lee Goodman, was originally from Florida and had disappeared in the time between the deaths of Rigo and Suttles. Prince claimed that Goodman had attempted to rob him, but that it did not work out well. And see how he, how he guys see how he's trying to skirt accountability for murdering these women. Oh, yeah, euthanasia here. She was going to tell on me here. This woman tried to rob me here. Like, doesn't want to take accountability for his actions. Oh, yeah, I killed him. But you got to understand, man, she tried to rob me. I had a reason to. Come on, bro. Like, come on. It's Cat. insane. Anyway. Still, I want to know the motive why he killed the last victim, though. We don't know. Uh, he's saying that she robbed him, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> or tried to rob him, and it didn't end well, as he said. No, but Edna. Uh, the main victim. Oh, that's true. Let's see. Her body was disposed of in a rural area after he had cleaned up the incident. No evidence of a robbery was ever found. <laughs> oh, you don't say. I'm not surprised. Prince avoided trial and was sentenced to life imprisonment. We certainly want to thank y'all for joining us today as we announce an arrest and subsequent plea deal has been reached in connection with the disappearance and death of Edna Suttles. She went missing from Greenville County on August the 27th of 2021. This investigation uncovered the man responsible, a man who has now been identified as a serial killer 
residing in Boston, North Carolina. 59-year-old Daniel Glenn Prince. He is serving his term with no chance at parole at the United States Penitentiary, Hazleton, located in Bruce Mills, West Virginia, a maximum security prison. It is known. Uh, here, here he is right here, guys. Here's the inmate locator for him. Daniel Glenn Prince, McCreary USP, life right here. And um, is he still there? It's um, actually, yeah, he's in... Uh, Kentucky now, Pine Knot, Kentucky. So they moved them since this, uh, since this show. It looks like. Wow. So they moved them from so this Virginia one that, that they're talking about now. What was that? He's never getting out. Yeah, life by its inmates as Misery Mountain, an apt destination for such a man. While Daniel Prince will continue to live out his remaining days, his actions devastated families and communities. Our hearts. Yeah, so now he's in McCreary in Kentucky, Pinot, Kentucky. It's a high security U.S. penitentiary with an adjacent minimum security satellite camp. 1,500 total inmates. Here it is right here, guys, as I said before. Uh, but yeah, they moved them. And this is, um, oh, they have no visiting. It's been suspended. Probably had a riot or something. But yeah, uh, they probably moved them, guys, since then. Since it's federal, they move prisoners around all the time, you know, for spacing reasons or whatever it may be. Go out to the victims of the crime, knowing that each of them left behind loving families and friends who, up until now, had no answers as to what had happened to their loved ones. Still, there is a question. Did Daniel Prince confess to all of his sins or just a handful of them? Could there be other victims left behind in places he lived before he got to Bostick, North Carolina, and was eventually caught? Until he decides to say otherwise, we have to live with the hope that his trail of terror began and ended with these four unfortunate women. So basically an old man killing old ladies. Yeah, pretty much was his motive. <laughs> so here's, let's look at some court documents, guys, on this case. Um, you guys can see here, this was the um, firearms charge. Um, you guys can see this was, um, when did they sign this? September 29th. So right after they did the search warrant at his house and they found the gun, possession of a firearm by a person convicted in court of a crime punishable by a term of imprisonment exceeding one year. And remember, they did this to get the guy in prison for longer. Let me go ahead and enlarge this for y'all real fast. This is a criminal complaint. All right, Western District of North Carolina, because this is where they found the gun. This is from Travis L. Campbell, ATF special agent. And this is very simple. You know, he talks about, you know, he went to Fletzy. That's actually where I went as well. I participated in numerous crimes, et cetera. And then very simple, uh, on September 9, 2021, officer from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office executed a state search warrant at the residence of Daniel Glenn Prince, located at 125 Kaiser Road, Bostick, North Carolina, which is within the Western District of North Carolina. The searching officer is located and sees approximately 22 farms from Prince residence. Um, and then here's the guns, right? And then you have to determine that these... Yeah, two, these two firearms are firearms as defined by Title 18, United States Code 921. Uh, and then also, uh, there have barrels uh, less than 16 inches in length. And then <clears throat> Prince was arrested from the scene of the search warrant on state charges for felon in possession of firearms. Detectives interviewed Prince's wife, Kathy Kilpatrick, who also was also at the residence. Kilpatrick was asked specifically about the two aforementioned firearms. And she stated they did not belong to her. Prince, Kilpatrick are the, Prince and Kilpatrick are the, only, are the only known occupants of the subject address. Mr. Prince has at least one prior felony conviction, convicted of kidnapping and habitual offender on August 22nd, 1997, in the 6th District uh, County of Oakland County, Michigan. Here's the case number. And he was sentenced to 13 to 30 years, as we discussed before. And then, bam, 
they just get him on that because he's a final possession, can't have the gun. So, uh, and then they sign it. And this is the ATF that did this case, September 29th. Bam, and that got him in prison for longer. Then the FBI went and followed up later on, and they charged him with uh, 18 U.S.C. 1201. The defendant traveled to interstate commerce and unlawfully seized, confined, and vingled. Never seen that world before. Decoyed, kidnapped, abducted, or carried away Edna Suttles, resulting in her death. And let's go ahead and look at the statute here. Um, 18 U.S.C. 1201. Okay, kidnapping, right? These are the, the, these are the kidnapping, kidnapping statutes. And this is just 1201 flat. So, and as you guys know, I want you to get the key word here, traveled in interstate commerce, okay? If he had never left North Carolina, right, they, the feds wouldn't have been able to come in and take this case. But since they did, bam, as you guys can see, FBI did it. Justin K. Newsom was affian here. Uh, this was, was by, telephone. by telephone. And this is probably because of, you know, COVID. Lame. Yeah. But anyway, um, and then here we go. You know, as you guys know, introduction, agent, background. This is the agent right here. He talks about himself. Uh, I talk about this is the I love me paragraph where they talk about themselves, their training, their experience, etc. Um, this guy was probably from, um, let's see here. Okay, so this is a smaller office. So since it's a smaller office, all the agents do all different types of crime. You guys can tell here he did bank robbery, kidnapping, sale, distribution, control, substance, firearms, offenses, etc. This is a rack office, which means they're going to have um, maybe 10 agents in the entire office, if that, right? Because it's a small part of South Carolina, and they're doing all different types of cases. Um, and then he goes into all the, the information. They talk about Edna Suttles, 80-year-old resident of Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, reported missing on August 28, 2021. Um, and then... Then he goes into the probable cause, each of the facts which we went through in the pot in the uh, in the documentary, summarizing it. But uh, but yeah, this is basically it. And he ended up getting life guys from this. And they actually had cell phone information. It goes into a little bit more detail as to what they found right during the course of the investigation. Uh, but if you guys want to actually read this, here is the press release right here from it. North Carolina man sentenced to life without parole in federal prison for the kidnapping and murder of Traveler's Rest woman. So, and they did the press release, and this was on June 22nd, 2022. So, not too long ago, guys, about six months ago. Um, but yeah, man. And then here's the information here's the plea agreement. He pled guilty, uh, probably to avoid the death penalty. Um, and here's his plea agreement right here life imprisonment, fine of up to $250,000, special assessment fee. Damn it, they put all this stuff here. But <laughs> it's like a thesis. Yeah, pretty much. And then here is signing. Here's the defense attorney, his other defense attorney, the AUSA that did the case, and then uh, another AUSA with the plea agreement. And he pled guilty on the on the fifteenth, and then he got sentenced a week later. Does uh, the old conviction that he had on kidnapping that woman in nineteen ninety seven? It definitely played into this. Yeah, yeah it okay. got him. More, it got him more time for sure. Um, and they probably gave him life because he had done this before. And they filed an information instead of uh, an indictment because he probably just, uh, uh, you know, agreed. Yeah. Anytime they file an information, guys, nine out of ten times, I explained this to y'all before, but it means that the person is cooperating. And keep in mind, guys, that he said that he wanted to show them where the bodies were. So this was probably a part of the reason why they didn't need to indict him because he was going to cooperate with them. And you can actually look back in the affidavit here. Um, and it says here, if I can go back to the interviews, uh, September 9th. September 23rd, uh, on October 9th, let's see here, I found it, I, I had seen it, they talk about the yogurt, 
Okay, bam. On October 13, 2021, a GCSO investigator and I interviewed Prince at the Rutherford County Detention Center. And Prince acknowledged awareness of his Miranda warnings in an interview. We informed Prince that additional evidence related to Suttles' disappearance had been located on his property. Prince told us he would like to fully disclose his sins, and he knew he would likely spend the rest of his life in prison. Prince told us he would like to come clean through a defense attorney at a later date and could relay details concerning the deaths of five different individuals. When asked about Suttles specifically, Prince said he could take law enforcement to within three feet of her body. So this right here, guys, this paragraph is more than likely the reason why they ended up filing an information because he was cooperating and he came back with a defense attorney and gave that information, which was a, probably let him negotiate a plea deal where he didn't get put to death. So he's a smart guy. Smart guy. He didn't give him all the information there. He said, no, I'm going to come back with my defense attorney and give it all what y'all want. So uh, so he know what the game is. And this is typically what happens when you're with crooks that have been involved in the system. But, uh, you know, sad story. But this is the yo play serial killer, I'm going to call him, where he's killing old women and drugging them, putting them to sleep, uh, and then stealing their Social Security benefits, man. This dude is crazy. Uh, but, Angie, what are your thoughts on that? Men also deserve less. <laughs> Men also Yep. Well, serial killers definitely deserve less. I agree with that one. Definitely. Um, but yeah, speaking of uh, why women deserve less, book coming very soon, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, guys, with that said, hope you guys enjoyed that one. This one was a shorter one, only an hour long. Uh, but, you know, I, I kind of really wanted to bring this to you guys because this is a textbook, textbook example of why serial killers don't really get away with crimes with the same ease as they did back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. CCTV, yeah. cell phones, satellites eyewitnesses, you know, a DNA, cadaver dogs, man, all this stuff was not really existent like that back yeah, in the day. Yeah, nowadays, killers have to be way smarter yeah. to do their stuff. Facts. You know, you, if Ted Bundy and all these other guys were committing crimes the same way they were back in the 70s, they would have got caught probably after two or three kills, yeah, man. Exactly. So, but anyway, hope you guys enjoyed that, man. Uh, We'll be covering more cases. Yeah, we will be covering more cases. Uh, oh, uh, you want to tell the people who we're going to do next? Uh, very, coming um, up soon. We'll be doing Jody Arias case. That's quite interesting, too. And uh, I'm thinking about Chris Ra Watts. Oh, yeah, know. Chris Watts. Yep. Chris Watts. Yeah, because you guys have been requesting those two, uh, Chris Watts and Jody Arias. So we'll definitely be covering those. We're actually going to watch the Jody Arias one right after this, man. So the grind doesn't stop. We got y'all, man. Uh, I know you guys like Angie as a co-host because she actually researches the cases and isn't too much of a bimbo. <laughs> uh, either way, um, Angie, where can they find you? Your Instagram, uh, whatever. My Instagram is so Angelica with two A's at the end. So Angelica with two A's at the end, and yeah, that's my that's my username everywhere. So you can find me like that everywhere. Bam, go ahead and send your dick pics, guys. Don't. Anyway, hope you guys enjoyed that one, man. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Love y'all. Peace. I was a special agent with Homeland Security Investigations, okay, guys? HSI. The cases that I did mostly were human smuggling and drug trafficking. No one else has these documents, by the way. Here's what FedEx covers. Dr. Lafredo confirmed lacerations due to stepping on glass. Murder investigation. You see him reaching in his jacket. You don't know. And he's positioning. Been on February 13, 2019. You're facing two counts of premeditated murder. Racketeering and Rico conspiracy. Young, young slime life here and after referred to as YSL. The defendant's uh, 6 9 And then this is Billy Seiko right here. Now, when they first started, guys, 6 9 ran with. I'm a fed. I'm watching this music video. You know, I'm bobbing my head like, hey, this shit lit. But at the same time, I'm.